Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 218, Fast 5, Lap 10. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode's brought to you by Brazil Brothers and Associates Incorporated. The Brazil Brothers and Associates are a manufacturing representative in the electrical industry representing a broad spectrum of quality manufacturers of electrical components and supplies in New York, New Jersey, Delaware, and Pennsylvania. Shout out to the Brazil Brothers. That's two L's. I just saw that. Shout out to the Brazil Brothers and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. If you're listening on the main feed, Happy New Year. If you're listening on the Patreon feed, make sure to watch CNN New Year's Eve. Yes. Because this will be I out saw an advertisement for it last night during the during the football game. There was an advertisement for Anderson, Andy, CNN New Year's. I was like, get in, get in. I mean, you you weren't on the ground floor, but I now know, I know. listeners can get in on the. It was just weird part. to see. To see an advertisement for it, though, you know what I mean? Like, sure. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. strange. But Joe, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since we last recorded? We had Christmas in between. We did pretty much nothing for Christmas. I stayed here. I always say like it's my favorite week of the year to work. Like this year, I mean, like this week, Christmas week, and the week between Christmas and New Year's. Okay. Um, it's really chill, and I get to go to work, and there's like usually nobody else there. Peaceful and quiet. It's like literally my favorite week to work. So I was excited for that. So I've been doing that. We didn't do anything crazy on Christmas. Rachel and I just hung out, got drunk, watched Home Alone, watched some football games because there was football on Christmas, which was fun. We, You know what we've been watching? Because she never saw it, and I only watched the first season of it. Marvel's Daredevil on Netflix. Oh, I saw the first two seasons uh, Yeah, because, well, it's not a spoiler to know because it was in the news. Kevin Feige said that Daredevil... Charlie Cox is back in the MCU because that was never actually in the MCU. That's a separate sort of weird thing that people are like, why is yes. this its own weird thing? It should be in the MCU. But Kevin Feige was like, hey, it's back in. So <laughs> it, it now is newly relevant. So, you know, now's a good time to watch. I mean, it's, that's I was saying to Rachel as I was watching it, um, that's like one of the actual cool things about the like, oh, multiverse restart is like they can incorporate and disincorporate anything that they want. Yeah, and they can either be like, okay, all those things happened, or it's just a variant, and he looks like Charlie Cox, but it's not the Daredevil you know. So, like, whatever they want to do, it's just, yeah, sure, cool. It's a great way to, like, bail out and stuff. So, we've been watching through that. We're, like, um, a little bit through the first season, but I think that that's what we're going to be, like, mostly coasting through for the next week, two weeks. Yeah, I think there were, like, ten or something of those seasons between, maybe even more, between Daredevil and Punisher and Iron Fist and Luke Cage and the... Jessica, Jessica Jones, The Defenders, yes. and I think I've seen three of them. Like, I saw the first season of Jessica Jones and the first two of Daredevil, but, like, I missed out on most of that, so I guess I'm going to have to go back next year sometime and do that, or this year, if you're on the main feed, and, uh, you yeah. know, watch the rest of it. I actually did. I really enjoyed the show that I watched, but, like, I watched it some night that, like, Rachel was working some weeknight, like, back when she was still working weeknights, so yep. now it's cool to revisit it. The other thing that I watched which was really cool, the Top Gear episode like they do all these like top gear episodes and they did one with french cars recently okay and it was fucking hilarious it's like james may Hammond. Is, this the, is this the thing on prime now or is it somewhere yes. else okay. yeah it's on prime they're the guys that like originally actually it's called the grand tour sorry i kept calling but it's it top, but it's, it's top, top gear. gear it's the top gear guys with a different name right yeah. yeah okay they just like quit top gear and then did grand tour which is those three guys doing the same show and right. like they even kind of laugh about it but they did one recently with like french cars and it was just like 
there's there's a lot of jokes about French cars. Have you ever dealt with a French car or experienced one? No, I don't think so. Well, then it might not be as funny, but if you've ever, ever, anyone else has experienced a French car before, they make all the jokes about French cars that, like, nothing fucking works. We had one when we went to Mexico. We rented a car, and it turned out to be a French car, and it had these, like, funhouse mirrors, like, the side mirrors were, like concave and made everything cool cool like, cool, cool but this is like a normal french car thing like that's like very low on the totem pole of like goofy shit that they do so um they just like drove three french cars around doing you know very top gear things and um it was hilarious we watched that on christmas eve because we were hanging out with zach matt was visiting so we were watching that um highly recommended i do love those guys in that show so if you haven't seen it yet give it a watch cool anything else of note no that's that's about it go ahead how about you uh, so my sister flew up for Christmas, so we had a low-key, quiet Christmas, which was nice because it seems like everybody else had their plans disrupted. Like, everyone is either sick or exposed to sickness or whatever, so the oh, fact yeah, that, COVID. like, rampant, yeah, nothing really went wrong other than my parents' heat was on the fritz. So, But, like, you know, I keep my house cold, so, like, on Christmas Day when I was over there all day, it was, like, the same temperature as I keep my house. I'm like, this is not bad, uh, but they got that fixed now, so that's good. I have also watched a ton of great stuff in the last week. So, okay, did you watch Did you watch the new Matrix movie? No, I haven't. We watched through one... Every time we do something like this, Rachel cannot watch the new one without re-watching all the old ones. So sure. I don't think that I ever remember fully sitting down to watch two and three. I've seen one a bajillion times. Um, so we watched one again, and I was like, okay, cool. We started watching two. I was like... This is wild. I don't remember any of this. Maybe I never watched it, or I watched it really, really high one time. I don't know. So, no, we haven't watched a new Matrix movie. How Okay, because it? it's very important to watch the first three, and not just I'm watch them, but, so. like, keep yeah. them in your brain. Yeah. Uh, it's my favorite movie of the year. It's amazing. Really? It's so much better oh. than I thought it should. So, I don't want to talk about it too much. After you watch it, we can talk about it briefly on here okay. and then offline, too, but... It's so weird and so unexpected. There's a real comparison, I think, being made between this and Spider-Man in sequels and giving fans what they want. And Spider-Man is just like, yeah, here's exactly what people want. And it's just like, cool. Like, that's, yeah, that was fun. That's a thing, yeah. But The Matrix is like, you don't know what to expect, which is exciting in a different way. Yeah. I loved it. I think it's amazing. I think it's incredible. I think it's if it's two and a half hours and it flew by for me. But what do the reviews say? Because Zach was over here. It's he said, mixed. It's mixed. He said like everybody that he talked to said the the new Matrix sucks. And I was like, that's weird because I saw you say you really like it. I saw John Brooks say he really liked it. Yeah, me and Mike and John have not recorded our Keanu Club episode because John was on all the Matrix ones because the religion yeah. element of everything. But all three of us loved it. I know that. So I was like, okay, these guys are like serious Matrix fans and they really loved it. So like, I don't know what you're talking about. So you know the, what I mean? The most direct way that I've seen it referenced is that if you're looking for a matrix sequel you're going to be disappointed but if you're looking for just like a good movie kind of about the matrix which is a weird way to say that no that makes you're sense gonna, you're gonna be happy so i won't go too far into detail cool. on that it's on hbo max now it's in theaters now yeah. i would say if you feel safe and you're able to safely see it in theaters it's worth seeing in theaters if cool. not just watch an hbo max because it's okay. cool I also went to the theater to see Licorice Pizza, the new Paul Thomas Anderson movie. Also great. Yeah, it that's not awesome. streaming anywhere yet, but and that's really, really good. And everybody's yep. been hyping it forever. Like that's gonna be a big yeah. Oscar baby type movie. So yeah, it's like that. And then I think the only other one that's like in theaters, which I think we briefly talked about on here before, that's not streaming anywhere yet, is Red Rocket, which is an A twenty four movie oh, about you saw a, porn, it already? a former porn star. No, no, no. It's oh. 
I'm gonna see it tomorrow night in theaters. I was I was telling Rachel, it's like I was like, oh, it's um, what's his what's his name? The main Sean well, Sean Baker made it. No, no, no. Who's the actor? That like. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's a guy. I don't think it's a guy. It's Rex somebody. Yeah, you know who he, he was in the We Are Farmers, like the Diplo. He's one of the rappers. Oh, He's, Simon Rex. Okay, yeah. Yes, okay. Simon Rex is Dirt Nasty. It was his rapper name. Oh, and Simon Rex. I did act- not know that. And did you know that Simon Rex actually did do gay porn? Like, yes, yes. Okay, that's the one thing I knew about this. Okay, yes. So Simon Rex, yes. So like the characters, he's pretty much playing himself. Yeah. But you, but you know the Diplo, we are farmers, dun dun dun, yes. with Andy Milanok. You know this. Okay, because I showed it to Rachel and she was like, because you after we had talked about this, I was like, oh, this movie's coming out. It, it sounds fucking awesome. This is right up my alley. And I was telling explaining it to her, and I was like, oh, it's Dirt Nasty from the thing. And she was like, I've never seen this music video before. And I was like, Weird, well, I know it through you. So I know. The fact but that- she doesn't know that is weird. That's what I was saying. I was like, how do we not, like, I definitely made you listen to this before because I thought it was hilarious, and yeah. Right. So that was good. I also finished Squid Game, which I think we very briefly talked about. So I thought, it's not going to spoil, because it's new enough that I'm not going to spoil it, but I will say, I think even given the hype of what everybody was just like, this is the best show that's blah, 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 whatever, I think the first seven episodes were like even better than I was expecting. Because I think there was like a little, a balancing act of me like, of me thinking that it's not going to be good because so many people loved it. Yes. But then also the reversal of like, oh, well, maybe it's actually going to be good because like I think it's going to be you know, like one of those kind of things. Yes. But I thought the first seven were like amazing. I don't like the way that it ended. I think it's kind of, I think it was just kind of like, I, that's oh, whatever. That's very fair. But the show itself, right? Beautiful. The show itself was great. The characters. And I, was, I think everything it did creatively in terms of the storytelling was like, so if it was an American show, they'd be like, okay, how can we do this over four or five seasons? And they're going to slow everything down. Like, yeah. they're like, fuck it, balls to the wall. Like, <laughs> we're going to do things in episode one and two that, like, would never happen in the first season otherwise. And just like, yep. okay, this is fascinating. Because it was one, it was a miniseries. It was meant to be one season. Like, it, they, they have yeah. greenlit a second season, I know. But yeah, but the first, yes. Yes. Yeah. It's one season. So. It is one season. Like because my just... whole thing was, is it going to be more like the Hunger Games or Catching Fire? Where for those, it's like the Hunger Games, like they just play the games, or Catching Fire, where they're playing the games. It was like we had to take down the government that like set this up, right? And I'm like, oh, it's actually kind of more like the second one, but also not really. Like it's kind of both, but like it's aggressively moving the ball downfield in ways that's just like, oh, cool, okay, interesting. So <laughs> yeah. very, very fascinating. I'm glad you liked that. That's cool because I kn- I knew that you were very skeptical going into it. I d- I did think you would enjoy it. I th- I, th- I just thought it was a good show. Just yeah, I thought general. it was really good. Yeah, because it's one of those things where I just didn't see it when a the billion people were watching it. Right? Yeah, yeah. But I I watched it, so that's that. Coming to the end of season eight of Simpsons and Seinfeld, so we got a little bit more Seinfeld, and I'm gonna keep going to Simpsons. S- Seinfeld goes season eight, or does it go... nine? It's got one more full season. Okay. But nine has like Festivus, and it has. Oh yeah, nine's on a nice tear there. You're right. There's yeah. a few things that I knew about the show that I've not seen yet. I don't remember what else is in there, but Festivus is season nine. I think there's another like really big episode in season nine. So there's a couple now that because you know what? Because when I just watch, I watched the Festivus episode on Festivus, of course. And when I was like looking through season nine, I was like, oh shit! Like there's like on both sides of it, there was a couple yeah. of episodes. So it's crazy that like all I knew about Seinfeld growing up was what like. WPIX, like WB channel, like around here would show on like the syndication commercials. And for whatever reason, they just showed stuff from the last like three or four seasons. And so like Suit Nazi and Festivus and Man Hands and all yeah. those things are like later seasons. I'm like, how, how is this all like, I knew nothing about the first like half or two thirds. Like it was just weird how it all sort of played out, like what they chose to 
promote well, it hit. I don't know. It like became like a sensation. Yeah. So like then they were advertising it as a sensation at that point. Yeah, it makes sense. Right. Yeah. The only thing I, I want to mention that I watched because I feel like there's something else I'm missing, but I don't know what it would be. Is I watched this movie called Game Over. This is the uh, movie I was telling you about, the Christmas movie, also called thirteen sixty or thirty six fifteen Code Pair Noel, also oh, called yes, AKA Deadly 15. Games. Yeah. Also known as Dial Code Santa Claus. Which is a sick-ass name. Dial Code yes. Santa Claus is like one of the greatest movie titles I've ever heard in my life. N- I mean, none of these are really great titles for the movie, but like Threat Dial Code Santa Claus, name. great name. Yeah. So this is a movie that Vinegar Syndrome remastered and I think released last year, or this year maybe. Eh, either last year or this year, I'm not sure. And I know that fan favorite Garrett Smith was on our Christmas of the Cranks episodes. Loved this movie, and so I bought it. It's on Shutter. You can stream it for free on Shutter. But I was just like, I want to see. Like, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna blind buy this. I'm gonna have faith, and it was amazing. It was really? crazy. Okay. It's so good. I think an easy way to sum it up is to say it's like Home Alone on crack. But like, it's not that. Like, it's way darker than that. Okay. And like, Home Alone is kind of like a comedy. This is not a comedy. This is like a home invasion thing where like a kid is like fighting off a guy. Like, a, it's it's wild, but. I highly recommend Dial Code Santa Claus. If you have Shutter, I think Shutter is like five bucks a month. You can probably get a free trial. If you want like an outside the box, because I'm always looking for like weird Christmas movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This definitely does that thing. So also, Strange Days reminder, if because that's the best New Year's movie. Yes, if you're listening on the Patreon that. feed, Strange Days. Even though I don't think you can watch that anywhere. Let's see. If, let's see if you can. Oh yeah, I think it's never anywhere on Just Watch, right? Because I had to buy the DVD. Yeah, no, you can't watch it anywhere. I had to buy the DVD used for like forty dollars, and you had to come. Like, I had to let you borrow that because, like, it's. Nowhere. <laughs> I'm sure it's like it exists like illegally, but like you, it's just the, the. I don't know who has the rights, but they're they're not out there. So good luck finding Strange Days. But if you can, watch it. Great New Year's Eve movie. It's the yeah, best man. New Year's Eve movie. We have a Patreon page: Too Fast Too Forever dot com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleiman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Slumber Party, Ooh. Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, Jerry Robinson, Dan the Duke, Hayden Renato, T. Donato, Michael McGann, Lane Middleton, Lindsay Lewandowski, and Jessica Collins, aka Montez. Yes. Thank you all so much for supporting the $5 a month level or above. Oh, the other thing I want to say, I've not really played with it yet, but I bought an Oculus Quest 2 today, which I'm very excited to play around because I got a little bit of a Christmas end of the year bonus. And I was just like, what can I buy? And it's standalone, which is cool. I was talking to you and Wes a little bit about this today, but like you don't even need like a nice computer. You can just play the stuff on there. And what's really cool about it is if you buy it, you get like a, there's a $30 referral fee. So I'm just like, hey, here, use this link. You just like attach it to your account. And then when you register a thing, you and I would both get 30 bucks. But now through the end of the year, which if you're listening on the main feed would have already happened, you get 60 bucks. So like I was going to spend like $80 on games to get three games. And like most of that was just free. So I'm like, yeah, that's very cool. Very cool. Very, very so, cool. Yeah, I will report back as I play those games. But just like walking around the house, like the first thing I did was National Geographic. Like I just downloaded YouTube and like there's National Geographic 360 degree videos. I'm just like, this is almost worth it. Just like, you know, not the highest quality because it's it's not like a 4K screen, but, you know, because the the quality of the stream or whatever. But uh, it's super cool. And I'm I'm very excited to play the games. I'm going to play after we record tonight. Get stoned and walk around weird uh if you want to like literally lose your mind yeah maybe possibly 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 uh but shout out to everybody for the for supporting us on the patreon page we have a bonus episode coming up probably soon early access to everything too fast to forever.com also stickers and all sorts of fun stuff do all the thing we have some email address family at cageclub.me we got a handful of shorties today okay 
First up on our Fast and Furious Lap 10 YouTube video, Back to the Island says, Motor Mouths. So, <laughs> thank you, Wes. <laughs> yeah, wonder who that was. Same video, Kevin Roller, a name I don't know, said, hey, check out Fast and Furious Spy Race's Homecoming. It just came to Netflix. Well, Kevin, uh, we are watching it now. We are going to record oh, cool Nico and Kevo soon. Well, it's it's news. So Paul Steer of How Did This Get Made and The League and NTSF, SDSUV, and a whole bunch of other things. Dr. Andre Nodick. Dr. Andre Nodick is in Spy Racers because he, I said, I said in here before that the reason I started watching the Fast and Furious movies is because they covered them on yes. How This Get Made. Like they started the Fast Five. They're like, this movie rules. They have covered every movie since then. Every time they did one of those episodes, they were like, please put us in these movies. So I, I'm watching the episodes and like he's in the first few and I'm just like, that's so cool. And so I take a picture and I, Put it on Twitter, and I'm just like, hey, welcome to the family, Paul Shear. Like, welcome Commander White, or whatever his name is. Yeah. And then Paul Shear follows too fast. I'm like, okay, but he doesn't, like, interact with the tweet. And I'm just like, weird. All right, so, so not we going like to retweet it, it, not going to yeah. quote tweet it, but, you know, cool. And then, like, six hours later, he tweets, like, you know, me familia, it finally happened. I'm part of the Fastiverse. I'm pretty sure it's canon, uh, at Too Fast Too Forever, <laughs> at Netflix. And I'm like, huh. <laughs> All right. And it's also, also he photoshopped himself into the screen grab that you posted. Yes. Yes. Which my screen grab, and we were talking about this, I think I might have cut it out. I don't remember, but you can't screenshot Netflix or Amazon Prime videos. So, like, yeah. this is literally just a picture that I took with my iPhone of my computer screen, put it on Twitter. So I'm like, he's never going to see it. Who cares? Yeah, and exactly. Then he not only saw it, but he used it to promote the thing. So. I don't, you know, I would love to have him on there. There's a reason to have him on because he's part of the fast, Fastiversion family now. Plus, Absolutely. they didn't talk about the first four movies. Yep. So, Paul Shear, if you're listening, please and thank you. Please, you know, doors always welcome. Open door policy to you. Amen. But anyway, we're going to record an episode with Nico and Kevo as soon as they're available because they got some family in for the holidays. So as soon as they're ready, we will put out an episode. So sometime in the next couple of weeks, we'll have a homecoming episode for you on Spy Racers. Spy Racers Far From Home. Yes. No way home. Spiders. With Doctor Strange. He has not shown up through four episodes yet, so <laughs> I'm still hoping he Tell does. Me, oh my god. What if what if we're fucking up and we're making these jokes, but then they're like the Spy Racers multiverse and like well, that's... you just said you just said what if. There's just a what if series. What if Spy Racers <laughs> is part of the MCU? No, what if Spy Racers is part of the Fastiverse and they're yeah. like, What if like Tony showed up and saved the first race or something? And you're like Okay. Oh, you mean like if they're just part of the same universe and like if yeah, like if Echo, like what if Echo was sure. Letty? Like they do like the all of these, right? <laughs> it's like people were responding to Paul like, "Is this blonde?" You know, if they have Layla in the picture with with Commander yeah. White, and they're like, "Is this modeled after June?" I'm like, "Come on, guys, watch Spy Racers. Get to know it's Layla. She's the star of the show. Come on, let's get." So, it. Somebody I, I also, I saw somebody tweet requesting that they make a live action version, and I was like, "You've definitely not watched Spy Racers, right?" Yes, correct. <laughs> if, you, if you're asking for that, you have no idea what's happening. Ah, uh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. So homecoming, coming. Wait. Yeah, homecoming. I was like, what? That it didn't sound right, but it's right. Yes, coming yeah. soon. Jason also sent us a picture on Christmas that he got F9 for Christmas on Blu-ray. So shout out to Jason for Congrats, completing Jace. his Blu-ray set. Yes. If you got any cool Fast and Furious Christmas stuff, I didn't get any, did you get any fast did Rachel give you any Fast and Furious Christmas gifts or no? We don't do gifts, dude. I mean she could still give you a Fast and Furious Christmas gift. It transcends mm. <laughs> tradition. It's family. <laughs> no. And, like, her mom will still give me gifts, but I'm always like, please make them practical. So, like, last year I got, like, a, a can of WD-40. 
because I needed to, like, because my doors were squeaky in my house. So she, like, wraps shit like that for me. And I'm like, this is probably, like, the best thing you could do because that's really awesome to me. So, no, I didn't get any Fast and Furious stuff, did you? Uh, no, I did not. But every year since I've bought my house, I'm like, you know what I really want for Christmas? Not what I really want, but what I could use is just get me house shit. Get me, like, toilet paper and paper towels and right? soap and uh, yeah, just, like. What... So, okay, yeah, that's what Rachel's mom I got a lot like. of it. She, like, she'll come, like, you know, I always talk about it, they come to visit on Thanksgiving, and usually what she does is, like, when she's here on Thanksgiving, and whatever, like, we're missing, like, she'll mail to us for Christmas, so, like, one year, like, she left and then bought us, like, six bath towels, six washcloths, six, you know what That's I mean? Funny. Yeah. Yeah, to be like, here, I know you only had, like, two extras for guests, so now here's a whole pack of them, and it's awesome. I just sent you a picture or a link on Facebook that this is our last email today from Alex Ellen in subject line, Joey, is this your house? And he links to a Reddit post where it's <laughs> Whataburger Christmas tree, and someone decorated a Christmas tree with an orange tree skirt, and there's a bunch of, like, cups and boxes and things all the way up with a, instead of a star at the top, it's the Whataburger W. It's truly beautiful. It's really, really cool. I can't even hate on this. I think it's awesome. I like subversion of normal Christmas traditions. That's actually something I really enjoy. So, like, I saw, like, a tree that was Godzilla and had, like, did you see this? Maybe? I don't know. It was, like, it was Godzilla, but it was made out of, like, tree, like, pipe cleaner bullshit, right? Like, fake tree shit. And then um, they had, like, a fog machine, like, up through it so that he would, like, breathe, like, smoke out of his mouth. And I was like... Rachel, if you got this thing, I would fucking have this in the house. That's hilarious, right? Like, it's not an actual tree. So, yes, this Whataburger one is awesome. I highly condone it. Even though I'm not a fan of Whataburger, it is really, really fun. Yeah, so, you know, shout out Whataburger. Yeah, and Christmas. Also, I will, that's all the emails for today, family at cageclub.me. If you want to email in, we'll read it on the next episode. I will remind everybody, if you listen on Spotify, or just if you have Spotify, give us a five-star rating on there just because it's new. Also, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you can rate us, but Spotify is new. So if you've not done yet that, that, done that yet, please give us five stars, please, and thank you. Joe, on the streets, news about the Fast and Furious. Anything you have seen in the last week? No, I have seen absolutely nothing. Not even the Rock news, not even Tyrese, nothing. Nothing, nothing, I've got three things. Well, actually, Tyrese just joined a movie, too, but we'll get to that next year sometime. I thought we talked, we already talked about that, because we saw, like, the preview for it, right? No, 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 he just joined another new movie. He's in Morbius with Jared Leto as Morbius, which is in the Spider-Man universe, I believe. That's right! Yes, 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 that's right, that's right, that's right. That He's in that, but he just signed on to do another movie with somebody I don't know, something other, but that's, let me find out, hold on. Tyrese signed a three-movie deal with Sony Pictures. Holy moly. So he's doing three Morbius movies. So Sony's doing the Morbius movies? So that means that they're like Spider-Man adjacent, but not MCU-related. Well, not necessarily. True. Fast and Furious star Tyrese Gibbs and the Succession's Annabelle Dexter Jones have joined the cast of an upcoming murder mystery. Helen's Dead sees them alongside Into the Wild's Emile Hirsch, shameless actress Dylan Gluma, oh, Dylan Gluma, and Mindhunter's Olivia, Olivia, oh, Oliver Cooper. According to Deadline, the film focuses on 20-something Addie, Galula, who discovers that her boyfriend, Adam, Emile Hirsch, is cheating on her with her cousin, Helen. So where does Tyrese come into play? Oh, he's an ex-con who might have done it. He's at. He's one of the whodunit possibilities. Oh. So shout out to Mr. Tyrese. Again, you know, we'll watch it. Yeah, I'll definitely watch it, for sure. Jason tweeted at our uh, DM, does something on Twitter to say F10 production begins in January. So, you know, that'll come out 
what is it now, May of 23, but they're going to start shooting it in January of 22. So there should be some uh, screenshots maybe from the set that we might see like, well, ooh, look at this. And she's like a picture of Dom. And she's like, okay, cool. Yeah, thanks. Um, but also Omnicron. <laughs> so yeah, maybe maybe it starts in a month or in a couple weeks, right? It's this, we'll see. Yeah, I, yeah, maybe. Hopefully they're not shooting in Canada or something, right? It is funny that they did a variant name that nobody can get right. Like you didn't even say it right there. Oh, no, that's just a joke. The Pat McAfee show calls it Omnicron. It's Omicron. I just think about it from, it's the Futurama thing. Like, I just know that word from Omicron Percy I ate, which is the com- the, the planet that uh, Morbo's from. That makes sense. Yeah, Pat McAfee Show has been calling it Omicron for like, they actually called it Omicron for like a couple weeks and then didn't realize that nobody Googled it to see that there was no N in the name and they had like a whole revelation one day. Oh, so they accidentally said now they're just <laughs> leaning into it. <laughs> yeah. Because so, I've yeah. heard a lot of people, I, I didn't know if you were doing it purposefully or with, yeah. with intent. I mean, you're a scientist. I, I figured you knew what it was called, but yeah. also... There's so many people who I'm like, you're smarter than that. So <laughs> I know, I know, but yeah, they, but but Omnicron sounds more imposing. It sounds like a transformer, right? Like Omnicron, like yeah. it makes it sound scarier. So I was like, hey, I really like that one. <laughs> Omicron Percy, I ain't. Oh no, not Morbo. I'm so sorry. Emperor Lur. Yes, Emperor Lur is from there. Also coming back early next year. I just saw a date today. I don't know if it's official or not, but Young Rock back March fifteenth. That's probably true because if we had the christmas special i'm assuming that they kind of like shot the rest of it right probably yeah like at the same time so um and they there wasn't like any characters like they had every character together so uh i trust in that i don't think it will get moved for any reason and i'm excited for it because young rock is awesome so yep and speaking of the rock one other thing and i have a great reference here that you will be proud of what the rock surprised his mom by buying her a cadillac on christmas and i'm like who is he <laughs> jerry seinfeld <laughs> <laughs> the I just saw a meme the other day that was like Elaine when she realized that Jerry bought her his dad a Cadillac like she's like ooh like I didn't know you had this kind of money Jerry yeah and they he bought this he bought the Cadillac for him twice because the dad sold it and then he bought it back so. <laughs> yeah, that's right that's right but that causes the, the whole bullshit of the they they think he's embezzling money from yep. the from the homeowners from the retirement center. Yeah. That's all the news that I saw on the streets. It's again, it's Christmas week. It's New Year's week. There's nothing happening, but keep your eye out production, supposedly, hopefully, starting in January. But Joe, the final thing to do before we take a break is the Too Fast, Too Furious Minute, Minute 42. I uh, alluded to, I referenced Casablanca by calling it the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Basically, he's the man to know in Miami. He's got his finger in absolutely everything. It's just the way it is. What's going on, Suki? What's up, baby? How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? What's this? What's the latest? It's a work in progress. It's not finished yet. That's some artistic shit. You got talent, girl. Yeah, she's good. Ray, she's the best. Right now. Do it. Bring it on, Ray. Bring it on, Ray. Bring it on, Ray. That's how they do it out here, man. Every day. 
So in this minute, Brian brings Roman behind Tej's garage and introduces him to Tej and Suki. Roman aggressively hits on some women in bikinis and politely hits on Suki. <laughs> Suki shows Brian and Roman her art, and the jet ski racer Tej is rooting for wins the race as the minute ends. So not a crazy minute. The last minute was crazy. This is a much more refined, reined in for our purposes. But what'd yes. you notice? Anything of note? Anything cool in this minute? Um, okay, this was a tougher minute for us because it's a lot of just talking and faces. Something I did notice is that behind uh, Tej sitting there is a table that has three cups, but it also has just one code red Mountain Dew. And I'm wondering if that's Tej's code red Mountain Dew. And that's what he was drinking that day. As he's announcing the races, you know, just a little caffeine, get him. 2003 was a big year for Code Red, man. (laughs) I know. And I remember that, like, maybe even it had to be before that. Yeah, it had to be way before that. But like when I was like, obviously 10 to 12 or whatever, like Code Red Mountain Dew was fucking sick. I loved Code Red Mountain Dew. I always liked the original, the green one more, but red was a delicious changeup. Like, they had, like, lots of other colors that were all fine, but, like, red was the one that was just, like, this is a worthy alternative, a worthy successor to the to the original, to the OG. Yes, that's what I thought, too. I'm always a fan of these, like, goofy-flavored sodas anyways. Sure. Like, I like goofy-flavored sodas. Like, I love all the Japanese ones. Like, I buy all kinds of foreign sodas whenever I see them because, like, I just want to try them in weird flavors, so... But yeah, Code Red Mountain Dew is what's behind him. There's a CD player that's like, uh, like around. I could, I couldn't remember what who made this, but if you saw it, you probably knew somebody who had it. But it was like a very orb-shaped silver CD player that had like a, a translucent colored plastic lid type situation. Okay, sure. You know what I'm yep. talking mm-hmm, about? Does mm-hmm. this make sense? Somebody had it. Like either your sister did, you did, somebody, your friend, whatever. Somebody had it. So there was one of those on the table there, too, which kind of seems weird because it feels like I know we're getting a soundtrack over the movie right here, but it feels well, like there's yeah. like a DJ. Well, Tej also has a like a, 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 megaphone. a megaphone, right? So like whatever. Yeah, it's not. Eh. It, I just always imagined that there was like a DJ that was like playing music like on one of the boats or something. And that's why everybody's there. And then there's like also the like boat races and a megaphone. Yep. Not just, like, one person with a small CD player sitting behind Tej. Yep, I don't know. Anything else you noticed? Uh, oh, no, but this, this has two of my favorite, like, one of my favorite lines in this movie. The ADR line of Brian saying, yeah, whatever, she's she's great, she's the best. Wait, why do you love that line? Oh, because it's delivered so bland. Like, he seems like he didn't even want to shoot the ADR of that line. Yeah, she's good, she's the best. Yeah, she's good, she's the best. Well, it's also, like, as Tej is, like, shouting over it, right? So, like, it just, yeah, yes. <laughs> that, and I also like that that Roman's response, like, they're like, okay, Suki, what do you do? She shows them the car, and um, Roman just goes, like, that's some artistic shit. And you're like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, well, what? what I what I love about that, I never noticed until this time when I'm watching it over and over again and just like looking for other things, is that she. I don't know if you saw my note. I don't know if you remember. No, I didn't. See but your she note. thanks him for the compliment by shaking his hand. <laughs> no. Thank you. Cool. Good job all around. Very strange, and I like it. Um. Like, I was thinking that could be a trivia question. I also have a picture in here that's going to link to an imager for Suki's car drawing, because, you know, yeah. it's worthy of having that. She she displays it upside down first, too, which is interesting. Yeah. Maybe he's like, you got talent, girl. Like, you that artistic shit, like, you have the ability to, like, flip a piece of paper around 180 degrees, just like, ooh, look at you do that thing. Ooh, 
Like, that's, like, you'd be like, oh, man, that's sick. But he's like, that's some artistic shit. And you're like, yeah, Well, that's what I'm saying. He's politely hitting on her. He's <laughs> trying to show himself as a different kind of caliber of man, right? Yeah. So he's He's exotic to her. Yeah, Barstow is exotic to her. But, so I also, I mean, the minute here, the beginning of Beautiful Friendship, especially considering we're watching Fast Five, for, you know, talking about Fast Five tonight. Yeah. But when we have Roman and Tej reuniting at the beginning of Five, the middle of Five or whatever, right? Just like, they're going to be friends. They're going to go to outer space together. And this is where they meet. So it's a, it's a very special monumental moment that this is the meeting of the minds between Tej and Roman for this like lifelong sort of like when people pair off, they're together. So... Yeah, cool. and it's cool that, like, you see them, like, Tej is fully focused on the race. He just daps him up, and, like, he's not, like, mean or anything. He's just like, hey, I'm busy. Nice to meet you, bud. My boy says you're cool. Let's keep it pushing. Yeah. So the thing, and I that, that leads directly into the trivia question, because Tej is busy, because he's not only, like, announcing the race, but he's also rooting for his guy. So I'm thinking, because I had no idea this what the answer is, but I know. But they say it, he says it at least five times, if not more. And some woman says it, like, at the beginning of the thing, too. Like, some woman's chanting it, like, come on! What is the name of the jet ski racer that Tej is rooting for in the race behind his garage? The answer is Ray. But, Joe, give me three other names that we could do here for the trivia question. Wrong answers. If Ray is right, what is wrong? Uh, let's say, uh, like, like, speed for speed racer. Okay. Chaz sounds like a good name. That sounds like a name of a guy that would be on jet ski racing. Sure. <laughs> right, doesn't it? Yeah. And what was the, what was... I think the thing that, I don't know if you're consciously or subconsciously doing it, but you're doing it good. I think we need one-syllable names. Cause it can't be like, can't be like Brian or Jason. Like, it's too many. It's just got to be like one. So like Chaz, Speed. Yeah, those are good. Chaz, so we need Ray, one more Speed. Um, and um, what was the, what was <laughs> Channing Tatum's name in the motocross movie sparks bubba spark not bubba sparks that's a rowdy that's a rapper rowdy sparks it was rowdy sparks that's too much we can just call it sparks sparks oh cool two s ones for a little confusion i like that yeah so minute 42 the beginning of a beautiful friendship what's the name of the jet ski racer that tej is rooting for in the race behind his garage the answer is ray which is funny to me too because have you ever seen the show ray donovan no okay so it's dito what the show is about have you ever heard about it is he a hitman He's like a fixer. So like okay. they have this guy and you just call him in and he like cleans up your messes, whatever. So he's like Newman at the end of the muffin tops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's Winston Wolf. Yeah. So Zach really liked this show when we were watching it. Like we would watch it while we would drink beers a while ago. In every episode, his wife is just screaming, come on, Ray. Like to like at least twice an episode, she's just like disgruntled and upset with him and crying and saying his name. So uh, if you need a reminder just remember ray donovan come on also just ray romano probably gets yelled at a lot in his show too right everybody loves raymond so yeah that's true people always just complaining shouting rooting on hoping for the best out of ray exactly all right joe let's take a break and let's come back to talk about fast five episode number 218 fast 
five. This episode is brought to you by Brazil Brothers and Associates. The firm was founded in 1951 by Bert Brazil Sr. and Bob Brazil in New York City and is today one of the oldest and largest manufacturers reps in their market. Shout out to the Brazil Brothers. Well, shout out to the Brazil Brothers. Welcome back to Too Fast, Too Forever. With us tonight, film reviewer at Pajiba.com, where he's known as TK Burton. We have Kurt Tommy. Hello, Kurt. Hello. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Thank you so much for joining us. Doing very well. Thank you very much for having me. This is great. This is a delight. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We've, we were saying before we started recording, we've had a couple different Pajiba people on. We had, I think, I don't They're know if it's awesome. still true, but Roxana was, for a long time, our longest episode. Okay. Uh, we had a long intro, and then we, all in all, when we were done, that episode was over three hours long, because Roxana's like, I got things to say. We're like, we want to hear them. So, <laughs> very long episode, uh, delightful episode. But yes, we uh, the Pajiba web increases, expands, branches out, so we're thrilled to have you. Fast Five, a lot of people's favorites. We'll get to your rankings in a second, but what's your history with this movie, with this franchise? Where do you come into it with The Fast and Furious? Uh, so I uh, have been watching them from the beginning, actually. I've uh, technically watched them in release order. God, when did the first one come out? I, oh, one. Like, one. Oh, one. Wow. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw it in the theater, and I'm pretty sure I have seen all of them in the theater. Um, I have been writing for Pajiba since 08. And I believe that I have reviewed all of the ones that have came out since I started writing for the site. So uh, they are a favorite franchise of mine. You know, I own them. I probably rewatch them in order once a year or so. In fact, in preparation for this, I just watched Fast Five uh, with my son and it was the first time I've shown him one of the movies. So that was fun. Oh, too. that's so that's cool. Cute. Yeah. I like it. Um, I so Fast that. Five is my favorite for, I mean, a host of reasons. Um, sure, yeah. How old is probably, your son? Uh, he is nine. Okay. That's Does he a, like it? Like a good age, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's a good franchise for that sort of thing because the violence is relatively bloodless and, yep. you know, the language is relatively mild in the grand scheme of things. I don't think it's anything worse than he hears from me and his mom, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> have the two of you watched or do you know about the six seasons of uh, Fast Furious Spy Racers on Netflix? So I have not watched it, but he has watched some of it, which is part of what piqued his curiosity in it. Gotcha. And also I think he was just interested since he knew I was doing a podcast about it, so when I offered oh, cool. Cool. To, uh, to let him watch with me he was he was pretty excited about it so well welcome to the family new viewer so yeah that's very exciting and so uh as for fast five i mean one of my favorite film genres uh is the heist movie sure mm-hmm. i mean i think a lot of them especially the ones starting at fast five and going forward can fall into that category but i feel like this one more than any other is emblematic of like what makes a really good heist movie and so that's part of the reason that i really love it and also i just love the the whole aesthetic of it so yeah, they're all kind of heist movies now, and they're all kind of save the world movies now, and they're all kind of like nuclear movies now. So, <laughs> yes. yeah, this I think heist has always been there since the beginning, but this is definitely, I think, peak heist in terms yes. of like what they're actually like. The story of this is a heist, right? So, well, also, I think that this is really the last one before they started to turn into superheroes. Yes. Which is, you know, something that I think I've mentioned in probably every review that I've written. A real turn that the franchise took uh, in the Justin Lin years where, I mean, really they became, I mean, and to the point where it's actually joked about in Fast 9 or F9, whatever it's called. Um, it's okay. We don't know the title either. We didn't know the title going into the movie, what it was going to be called. And I don't, I don't, I don't know that Vin Diesel knows what it's called either. And that's not a slam on him. I think it's just like, because he was tweeting about it like the week leading up and just like, that's not what we thought it was called. So uh, and yeah, called it F9, Fast else. 9, yeah. the Fast Saga, Fast and Friday, right. whatever you want to call it. We know what you're talking about. 
but this is the last one where they actually seemed like they were regular humans and, <laughs> and not, you know, something that sure. belongs in an actual comic book. So, and while I enjoy all of them, uh, I think that that kind of not quite invincibility uh, makes it a little bit more appealing to me as well. Yeah, you know, like there's stakes, right? Like there's a chance that somebody could die as opposed to, not that yes. they're just going to die maybe, but like somebody could, well, actually, I mean, Vince does die, right? So Yes, Vince does die. And, you know, Giselle dies in the subsequent one. But at the same time, they're not saving the world, I think. And that's a big part of the appeal to me is that it's the last wow. one where they are still basically just street racers, uh, yeah. you know, just caught up in events. And so that makes it a little bit more fun for me, too. So now I'm curious, because I think you've said all the right things. I sort of I think I know where you're going with this, but did you prepare your rankings? Can you rank the Fast and Furious either from favorite to least favorite or least favorite to favorite? Whichever way you want to do it. Uh, I certainly can. And the question is, are you including Hobbs and Shaw? Because some people do, some people do not. We encourage it, but we understand if you do not. I am not including Hob- including Hobbs and Shaw. If I were to include it, I will quite honestly say that it is my least favorite. There, yeah, that's normal. Yeah. Which isn't to say that I think it's a terrible movie. I just, uh, I don't know. It didn't particularly appeal to me. Um, well, you're now five people in a row who have this in the last spot. So it's, oh, really? we're, we're on a terrible streak for Hobbs and Shaw. I mean, yeah. it's, it was in the middle. And then I think as time has gone on, it's, 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 I think almost F9 sort of made it less important. It was never yes. really super important, but F9 sort of made it seem even less important. So Yeah, I mean, I think it takes that element of sort of the superheroism to the more ridiculous extremes. There's a whole other conversation that I uh, am happy to have some other time about my frustration with the continued misuse of Idris Elba uh, in Hollywood films, um, who I think is a terrific actor who is horribly misused in almost everything that he's been in since The Wire, basically, with the exception of uh, the Western that he was just in where I thought he was fantastic. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. But I guess since we started there, um, going from least favorite to favorite, F9 is actually my, one of my least favorites, um, though I do okay. enjoy it, uh, and I just rewatched it recently. Then Fast and Furious, then Tokyo Drift, then Furious 7, Fate of the Furious, The Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, uh, Fast and Furious 6, and then Fast 5. Cool. Yeah, you have the the correct one. I thought, I mean, I, I knew it was going to be, but, you know, you have the right one at number one, and... <laughs> You know, there was a there was a time where like ten or twelve people in a row did not have it at number one. But I think let's see here: one, two, three, four, five, six, six of our last ten people have it at number one. So it's getting the props it deserves. I mean, it's clearly far far and away the most popular, most favorite number one yeah. movie. Good job, you passed the test. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, I put Furious Seven somewhat low, uh, but I really do enjoy that one and six as well. I feel like those three as a trilogy work really well, but, uh, you know, they're kind of all over the place and um, too fast, too furious is definitely, I think the most ridiculous one. Two is. Yes. Okay. Why? Why? Just in terms of like, I don't know. There's something about it. That's just so silly. So not over the top, but just like lacking believability or. or Yes. Um, You know, in some ways it's like, it's kind of the cheesiest one. It's kind of the. Sure. It's one of the ones that takes itself the least seriously, I think, also, which is mm-hmm. part of partly because when it's just Paul Walker and Tyrese, there's not a lot of like real heavy lifting being done there. <laughs> With all due respect to both of them. But also I'm a huge Cole Hauser fan, which is the other reason I like Too Fast Too Furious. 
Well, what do we just find it? Oh, uh, one either Neville Dean or Taylor. No, Mark Neville Dean, who did the Crank movies with Brian Taylor. He is mm-hmm. doing a movie coming out in 2022, which is when this episode comes out this year, uh, starring Cole Hauser. So Cole Hauser is yes. still around, still leading projects. So shout out to Carter Verone for yes. leading a Mark Neville Dean, Neville Dean movie coming out this year. It blew my mind. I'm still I'm going to bring it up every time I think about it because I'm like, I cannot believe that's happening. But <laughs> yeah. cool. Shout out so Carter Verone. So he's actually also in uh, that show Yellowstone, which I personally I have never heard. seen. But uh, Dustin, my editor, has seen and talks about it fairly regularly. And it's, from what I understand, just like the daddest of TV shows ever, um, which kind of makes me think I should watch it because I also love Westerns. But um, but he's in that. He's actually nearly unrecognizable in it. Uh, he's just this big, burly, bearded guy. Wow. OK. OK. Yeah. But from what I understand, he's very good at it. Now, before we talk about this movie, we have some very hard-hitting either-or questions, just to get a sense of who you are and how you see yourself. Are you ready for some of these either-or? No wrong answers, but are you ready for questions? Yes. Do you consider yourself more of a Brian or a Dom? Uh, also, you can you can explain or not. If you want to keep mysterious, if you want to explain your answers, it's totally up to you. We, there's no wrong answers. You don't feel the need to be like, I'm Dom, and you don't you don't get to know why. Or <laughs> that's, that's fine. totally fine, yeah. Guess I would have to say probably a Brian. Are you more of a Mia or a Letty? Uh, more of a Letty. Wow, okay. In the first movie, this is going to be putting your memory to the test. It sounds mm-hmm. like you've watched these movies a lot, but you still might not have heard this because it's an insane detail that we picked up on. But in the scene where Brian and Mia are doing dishes after the barbecue and Vince comes in drunk and he starts heckling Brian. Yes. And Mia says, hey, Vince, what's the name of that restaurant you want to take me to? You know, it's got the wood tables, the little red candles, the food all over the place. He goes, oh, cha-cha-cha. And she goes, yeah, you can bring me there. One of the things she describes the restaurant as having is food all over the place. So now, Kurt, if we say to you... Hey, thanks so much for being a guest on the podcast. You were awesome. Let's take you out to dinner. We know this great place. It's got these candles, it's got the wood tables, it's got the food all over the place. What are you picturing in your head? Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it something that you're excited about? Is it something you're worried about? What does the phrase food all over the place mean to you? I think it would be a good thing. Uh, I, um, you know, like many people, I'm a lover of food. Uh, in my head, that always just meant there was a huge sort of variety of food Um, and that though it may have been a particular uh, ethnicity to the food, there is still a a lot of options and just kind of bombards you with uh, all kinds of different things that you enjoy. So I take it as a positive. It's it's kind of an even split, Joe, right? Between like good and bad, like whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But when people think it's a good thing, like that's generally, I, I don't know that there are many other good interpretations that aren't just like, yeah, there's a lot of options, right? So it's weird. It's weird. No matter what, it's it's a weird thing. Going too fast. Are yep. you more of a Tej or a Roman? <laughs> uh, probably more of a Tej. I don't know where you live, so this might actually impact. Where where are you based? Uh, I live just outside of Boston. Does not impact this one way or the other. Are you more a fan of In and Out or Whataburger, or have you never had either? I believe In and Out is the only one that I've had. Would you consider yourself more fast or furious? furious now we're gonna we're gonna pull a job you me and okay. joe and we're successful and we steal 30 million dollars we divvied up three ways and we say we're gonna go celebrate we're gonna go to atlantic city we're gonna go to rio we're gonna go to monte carlo wherever we're gonna go and we're going to the roulette table just like they do at the end of this movie are okay. you putting your money on red or are you putting your money on black black why any reason 
<laughs> um, that this is the only question I asked the, qual- the clarification for because there's one very popular answer. But I'm just, I'm just curious. I also I uh, I'm sure one of the very popular answers is because of the uh, line from the Wesley Snipes movie. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> which is definitely something that factored into my decision making. Uh, but also, uh, uh, ethnically, I am part black, and that's what popped into my head. So cool. Okay. <laughs> Like, you know, coin flip, I would say, like, Tails never fails. Like, I don't have a reason for that. I just always pick Tails because that's just what I do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't have an answer to this other than the Wesley Snipes thing. So just, yeah, black, sure. Yep. Cool. So now on that job, Kurt, were you a racer or you a designer? Were you out in the field helping us get it done? Or were you just like Ned in the Spider-Man movies? Are you the man in the chair? Are you a racer out in the field doing it or a designer helping us from HQ? I think I am probably more of a designer out in HQ. Are you ma- more a fan of American Muscle or import cars? American Muscle, I think, actually. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Is the word oil one syllable or two? Two. Thank you. <laughs> Are you more a fan of Corona or Belgian Ale? Corona. Now, we all put the money on the roulette table. It comes up green. We're out of money. We're like, shit, we got to go do another job. So me and Joe go, and we're like, Kurt, we need you to come out here. We need to go in this other room, lift a car, do some things. Who knows what? We need you to shine bright like Kurt Tommy does. We need you to sing a song, karaoke style, to distract a room. What song are you singing to distract a room full of people? Wow. Um... Because at the end of Seven, Roman does the happy birthday thing. Again, no wrong answer. We've never had a duplicate. One of these times, Joe, I think we're going to get a duplicate. I don't know if that's today. I I don't know when that's going to be. So many songs to choose from. What karaoke are you go-tos. Karaoke, acapella, just like a song you know, a song you can belt out, a song you can be like, this is obnoxious enough or good enough <laughs> or distracting enough that Joe and Joey can get stuff done in the other room. Okay, so I have kind of a weird entry for this. Okay. And I think it would probably be the song Stare Too Long by Corrosion of Conformity. Okay, I don't know that song. Bands. I'm a big metalhead, um, and okay. uh, that is one of their few songs that is actually somewhat melodic and not just a, you know, screaming guitar fest. But it's a great song. I highly recommend looking it up. Well, once again, a new song to add to the playlist. So no duplicates yet. So yeah. cool. Joey, Joey's compiled all of them <laughs> into one Spotify playlist. By the way, yeah, I haven't updated it in a while. I need to update that. But yeah, we have like we have like we have 39, I think, songs. Pretty solid playlist. I mean, it's it's an insane playlist. It's yeah, good. It's all I was going to say it must be a all fascinating playlist. playlist. I would love to hear it. Yeah, <laughs> I, will, I will have to send you a link to it afterwards. Okay, so now also in the seventh movie, Roman is around the table with all, everybody else in the family, and he's talking about how, all the work that he's done. Right, like he's like, I took that plane out the sky of a bow, and Brian says, Roman, the only thing I've ever seen you take down is no knees, Denise, and he goes, Really, Brian, you can do that right now. We don't know what this means. But if you hear someone described as having no knees, what does that mean to you? Is that a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is that, you know, exciting thing, a worrying thing? No knees blank. No knees, Denise. What does that mean to you? <laughs> I mean, uh, first thought, best thought. You can do whatever, anything you want to say. I mean, obviously, and I'm sure this is not an uncommon response. My first uh, reaction to that was always that is it is somehow related uh, to the oral sex act. Yeah. Of course. That was my assumption. But would you would, so to follow that train of thought for a second? I I think you have a, another answer too. Does that mean that she doesn't do it, or does it too much? Because it could go either way. I think it probably means that. Well, first of all, 
uh, in the interest of full disclosure, I don't know that there is such a thing as she does it too much. Um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not here to judge her uh, her personal life. <laughs> but I do think that it means that she does it frequently. Yeah, because I've heard, but we've had both takes like on every possible which answer of this. So now, knowing you're safe either way, as a thrill, as a burst of adrenaline, would you rather drive a car into a plane as it's taking off, like they do at the end of six, mm-hmm. or out of a plane with a GPS guided parachute, like they do in seven? So you're going to be safe either way. You know, you have to just drive onto or out of a plane. Which of those thrills is more your speed? Probably into the plane. Joey, what do you think Chev Chelios would have picked? Uh, he's going to just jump out of a plane. No, no car. parachute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no car, no parachute. That's right. That's absolutely the right answer. You're right. I do wonder, do we ever find out how in Fate of the Furious, when Cypher gets out of the plane, right, and Deckard has baby Brian, she takes the only parachute. Does he land the plane? I'm guessing so. Because right. he and Owen Shaw are both in the plane, right? Because they... Right. I guess that's sort of the assumption, is that, that they would have to. But she wasn't. She also wasn't flying the plane, so maybe the pilot's still just, like, there and... Guess. Like, hey, your boss just jumped out the back, land yeah. us in LaGuardia, because I gotta go to the rooftop well, barbecue in New York. What's the pilot gonna do? Be like, I'm just gonna wreck this plane now? Like, he needs to land. They gloss over that. We don't need to know, but also, now I'm curious. What, how, what happens to the plane? The pilot know. has to land the, pl- the plane still? Yeah, Come and on, where does he, it land? He has yeah. to land it. It's true. Okay, fair enough. Now, flip side of that coin, things go terribly wrong and you're going to die, but you have to choose how you die. Would you rather die in a fiery explosion or by drowning in icy water? Wow. Uh... (laughs) Two terrible answers. Neither is a good one. They are two terrible answers, but I would definitely say drowning. Okay. Yeah. Well, first of all, because I have a pathological fear of fire. And uh, second of all, because I actually really, really enjoy swimming as a, I suppose that's not too, uh, that's not too surprising. But so, yeah, if I had to go, I guess that's the way I'd want to go. Yeah, because the, the reason that the the idea behind that question is that those are two ways that Dom almost dies at the end of seven, yes. the end of eight, and he survives both. And so, you know, just trying to get a sense of the room with people. Yep. And overwhelmingly, people want to die in a fiery explosion like they're superheroes. But you and yes. Joe both <laughs> want to drown in icy water. So, you know. Yeah, no, dying in, a, dying in a fire is uh, something that is a like <laughs> a literal terrible. personal nightmare of mine. So. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> All right. Now, Revenge of the Nerds or The Dark Knight? Uh, the Dark Knight. Are you more of a Hobbes or a Shaw? Uh, Two very, two. you know, statuesque depictions of manliness and manhood and yes very tough to be either to be honest yes yeah i mean i'm certainly not going by physically if that's what we're asking (laughs) uh because i don't think i match either of those uh i would say probably more of a shaw now this is a a newer question it's a little bit more abstract but think about charlie Theron. think about the character of cypher two wildly different hair types in faith of furious she's got her (laughs) white girl dreads just like sway angelina jolie in gone in 60 seconds and then Mm -hmm. in f9 in the glass box she's got that very kind of professional the sleek what people call the karen cut right which of those (laughs) do you prefer do you like the the white girl dreads or do you like the more refined f9 kind of karen cut uh i think sort of just by default i like the f9 cut simply because i don't like the white girl dreads yeah really on anyone it's tough. It's a, it's a tough look to pull off. It uh, is. I mean, I think if anybody is going to pull it off, it's probably Charlize freaking Theron. Who is, you that's know, the thing, right? <laughs> um, so I would guess I would say she definitely pulls it off better than anyone else that I've seen. Right. Like, you know, two, two of the most beautiful movie stars of the last 25 years both tried it and yes. both just like, 
that's what you went with? Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. And I've, you know, Gone in 60 Seconds, another movie that I love. Angelina Jolie, you're just like, well, I mean, on the one so, hand, it's not a great look. But on the other hand, it's Angelina Jolie. So I'm going to yes. give that. And the last question before we dive into Fast Five, do you have a favorite character in these movies? Yes. Yes, I do. Um, I mean, I is probably Is it going to be have... the popular pick or is it someone outside the box? Let's find out. Can I guess at what the popular pick is? Yes. yes it's easy, but yeah, go ahead. Is it Han? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, that's what I figured it would be. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, Han is definitely one of my favorites. Um, but I think, I kind of feel like I have to say Paul Walker, um, okay. which is both uh, tragic because obviously he's not with us anymore. Um, but Paul Walker has this, certainly not on the same level, but he's got this sort of inscrutable, sort of goofy Keanu Reeves vibe that I just... Sure really love about him um and i really think that he is not a great actor i don't even know if i would say he is a good actor but these movies are very good for him he gets better as the franchise goes on i think he definitely does if you watch i mean especially in hindsight watching the first one now you're just like woof he (laughs) is super stiff and he really starts to kind of uh kind of fall into it a little bit more uh, he sort of reminds me of, this is a weird comparison, but because I think he's a, he's a better actor in general, but Chris Evans in Captain America, as the Marvel movies go forward, he gets more and more comfortable in the character and becomes a better uh. Captain America as they go. Uh, in that first one, he is really kind of clumsy and awkward in it. Um, and uh, by the end, you're like, oh yeah, no, there's nobody else that could have done this. Uh, Paul Walker feels the same way to me. That's something that we've actually talked about with one of our friends and who's been on our show a couple of times. We've been on his show a couple of times, but our friend Nate Milton has a show all about The Rock. And mm-hmm. we talked about how like in this movie, like Hobbs, like The Rock as Hobbs is good, but he doesn't he's not the charming kind of the full, the more well-rounded character that he'll become. Like here he's just kind of like yes. a by the book government, man. So I think there's something to that, like whether you're Chris Evans or Paul Walker or The Rock or anybody, settling if you're going to play a character into, five or six times, right? Yeah, like settling into your character for sure. Helps. Yeah, I mean, I think also um, The Rock is i mean i i mean just from watching fast five recently just his posture in this one is like clearly designed to show you that he is a big guy yeah it's a lot less relaxed than it is in the future ones like i think he's just a little bit too reliant on his size and his build and not the character itself and as they go forward i think that changes so so now to kick off the conversation about Fast Five, we have one more question. There's kind of, a, again, no wrong answers. We'll give you some time to think about it. But all lap long this lap, or this lap is themed the Shaw Brothers lap. So we are in our in-between weeks. We're not watching a Fast and Furious movie. We're watching movies starring Statham or Luke Evans or Vanessa Kirby or Helen Mirren, just the Shaw family, right? Okay. So last lap for F9 in preparation for F9 we're like oh my god Dom has a brother we got Jacob now we never knew he existed so like all lap long last lap we were like where would Jacob be in the movie so we did that now so now we're sort of twisting that a little bit so think about the characters who are in Fast 5 we're going to try to create a family member so just like the Shaw Brothers like there's an extended Shaw family that we learned about in Hobbs and Shaw if you got to choose someone that we don't know about like in past movies we're like oh Vince's mom gal has a sister or whatever mm-hmm. if there's a character in this movie that you could see a family member of that we don't know who would that be joe do you have a thought while we give kurt some time to think yes as i was watching it this time reyes was giving me big michael corleone vibes so i was sure. giving him like both a brother and a sister that are just fucking around 
kind of distracting him that he's trying to take care of while he's also running his empire. I was, I, you know, my first thought was uh, uh, Hernan Reyes 2, but it wasn't that. It was like a compost Braga situation. I'm like, we just did that. I don't need that. But I, my first thought was also to add to the to the Reyes family. So I think it was kind of a, you feel like there's there's opportunity there, right? Yeah, that's what, that's what I was thinking. But like, can you imagine if he had like, like he's trying to do this, trying to move the money, and then his brother's like, well, can I borrow some money? And his like sister's dicking around and stuff like that. Like, it would be like, oh God, can you just let me just do my criminal stuff? So my idea for this movie, and it would completely change everything in a way that, like, I don't feel is, like, true to the game, but it's, it's, the, it's first thought, best thought again. What I had is that the scene that we've talked about a lot that you and Garrett like to laugh about, but the I remember everything about my father. Yes. Brian talking about I don't remember my father. I would love – I mean, we know in future movies that you can race memories back into people, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I would love <laughs> – as this movie goes on, that Brian somehow remembers something about his father, and via flashback, we get to know a little bit about Brian's dad. Oh. I don't know how that works. I think that's a very big shift for not just this movie, but the franchise. But I think that that's something that I'd be interested, because, like, you know, as we get closer to the end, we're like, we don't really know much about the Letty, the Ortiz family. We don't know much about a lot of these different families. We don't know, you know... Dom's mom, right? Like, there's a lot of family members that we could get, but I would like to know more about where Brian came from, and specifically, because this, this movie is so much about fatherhood, about Brian's dad. So, that's my answer. I like it. Kurt, what about you? Is there, again, no no wrong choice, no wrong option? Is there somebody you want to know a little bit more about through a family member in the movie? One of my favorite characters, despite him being an utter goof, is uh, Roman Pierce. Sure. He's such a mess of a human being yeah. in so many ways um, that sometimes you're like, I don't actually know why he's on this team <laughs> other than to be comic relief. I always think of one of my other favorite franchises, which is the Bad Boys franchise. And he always reminds me of Martin Lawrence, which is like the kind of comic relief screwball who is always freaking out about everything. Okay. And as the Bad Boys movies progress, we get to eventually meet uh, Gabrielle Union's character, who is Martin Lawrence's sister, who is also a cop, but actually like has her shit together. Yes. And so I love the idea that somewhere is uh, Roman's uh, sister or cousin or whomever has her shit together and perhaps even, you know, comes into the movie as a counterpoint to Luke Hobbs. Um, to say, hey, maybe there's more to these guys than you think. Uh, and I mean, and that, to a certain degree, that role is already played by Elsa Pataki. But I like the idea of it being someone who knows them a little bit better. Um, so that's kind of where I would uh, bring someone in. Cool. I love that. So this is kind of, in a way, I don't want to say this is like a showcase for Roman, but after Roman is in two, he's back now in five, and he gets to meet the family, and there's the Dom versus Dom two, like the Roman where they stare each other down. So... Kurt, what do you want to talk about with this movie? Do you want to talk about Roman? you want to talk about Hobbes? you want to talk about who? where you want to start? Favorite parts, least favorite part. This is your favorite Fast and Furious movie. Where do you want to begin talking about Fast Five? So my favorite part of the movie is actually the scene where they are trying to uh, get the cars in the 10-second window. Uh, you know, where they're just, they're just driving them around the little, like, warehouse that they're working out of. Part of the reason I love that scene so much is because it's one of the few scenes that actually harkens back to actual car racing. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Which, uh, you know, if there's anything that I, if there's ever a gripe that I have of the movies as they moved past one Tokyo Drift to those sorts of things is that they got farther and farther away from actually racing cars. Mm -hmm. Which is what I, what was my original appeal um, to the movies? I have no interest in car racing as an actual activity. 
Um, but I do love movies about car racing, which is sort of like boxing. I hate boxing, but I love boxing movies. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. So I love that scene because it really kind of shows, brings them back to the roots of like how they got to know each other, how all those people were brought together. Um, but also it's just sort of a fun scene. It's the beginning of the of the Han and Giselle infatuation. <laughs> I always call them the Bomb Brothers because I don't remember their names, but the t- <laughs> the two guys um, who uh, you know who who eventually will blow up the plumbing in the police station, you know, are having so much fun uh, just trying to pull those cars around the corners as they're practicing, and they're everyone's getting it wrong, but they're still actually sort of having a good time. And I think the series in general is at its best when it is moving away from the serious and letting the characters just kind of like have a good time. And so that's always the the scene I think about the most, I think, in that movie. Yeah, like the movies are kind of at their best when they're sort of not hangout movies in like the Linklater sense, but like when they're character driven, right? Like the, 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 the way that we're able to watch these movies over and over again is because like we like the characters and like letting them breathe a little bit. Like there's only so yes. many times you can watch an action scene, but it's I think what you're saying about the characters, like appreciating them for the performances and the way that they're written and everything like that's that's the special part. I also think yes. the actors enjoy hanging out together and you see like their natural chemistry in these situations and that helps make them feel comforting like this too. When they look like they're having general fun, which I'm sure they were as they were just like screwing around shooting the scene, it makes the movie feel more fun to me. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I mean, you know, it's kind of like it, one of the biggest bummers of the movies as we go forward is A, the sort of fallout between Vin Diesel and Dwayne Johnson and B, obviously the death of Paul Walker. Like those are two major chemistry points that we just don't have anymore. I think the franchise suffers for it. That doesn't mean that they're no longer good, but it also is kind of why this one felt like the peak to me because it felt like when all of those ingredients were really mixed together in kind of the perfect recipe, not to overuse a metaphor, but, and yeah, I think you're right. I think, you know, they can do all of the goofy shit that they do. They can go to space. They can do all that stuff. But at the end of the day, the reason that I watch those movies is because they're fun. Yeah. Uh, And because the characters and the actors make them fun. I mean, they're, they're inherently ridiculous movies obviously. But uh, I think you can always tell when a movie's cast is having a lot of having a good time. And I think it Mm -hmm. always makes it better. I think to a certain extent, like just the money involved will keep people coming back. But it feels like you wouldn't do five or six movies in a row in a franchise because like from here on out, everybody's in every movie unless you're Vin Diesel or Dwayne Johnson in a fight with one another or whatever. Right. But like, everyone's going to be in all these movies from here on out. And you don't do that unless you're, if you're having a miserable time on set or you're whatever money is important, but like these guys can get work elsewhere. Right. Like I feel right. like they do. And I think you're right. You, you do get a sense of like the gang is all here for the first time. We've gathered all the parts from the first four movies that we want to use. And now they're here to have fun and it works. And, you know, before it gets too big or we lose people or whatever, like this is where everything can just kind of work right. And I think that's why people, that's why I love this movie too. When I was watching it this time, especially coming off of how many times we've just seen F9 and kind of still like talking about what we were just saying, this one for being the first of what we consider the long ones, right? With like it being at 212 or whatever the runtime is for this one. It definitely feels like there's still space to breathe with these moments where they just like are kind of hanging around with not as much tension as we get the same type of sequences later. Like in F9, like we have, I guess, something similar would be like when Ramsey and Tyrese and Tej are kind of like sitting in that control room. It's it's under a pressure cooker still. 
and they're not mm-hmm. just like having fun in like you know Mr. Nobody's lair like they are here just like just prepping like there's under yes. some kind of like time constraint so like the breathability in the middle of this one although it is one of the longer ones makes it actually feel shorter to me like when i was watching it today i was like oh like there's like you know some parts that are just fun and then there's some action sequences and stuff like that and it just feels much softer like in that way in a weird way we just came off f9 where like every scene is like high stakes save yep. the world under yep. time yep. and this is like oh you could just drive the car around a couple times trying to practice. <laughs> yes f9 is actually a little exhausting um and i don't mean that in the sense that like oh god it's exhausting but also it's just pacing is important and it, it doesn't really give you a lot of time to like let the characters or the story breathe at all sometimes i wish that they would just kind of take a break and you know get a cup of coffee or something uh which is something that 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 Fast Five does quite well, I think. So I think this goes back to what you were saying at the, at the beginning. Like they're not saving the world in this movie. So yes. what Joe's saying too, it's like every scene doesn't have to have high stakes because, like, if no they deadline. fail, they're just not stealing money from a bad guy, right? Yeah. Like just I mean, they might be chased out of Brazil, they might be hunted by these guys or whatever, but it's not like there's a nuclear bomb about to take out New York <laughs> right. or whatever. And if they fail, millions of people will die. It's like if they fail. They gotta figure out another way to make money. It's just like, no, okay, yeah. yeah. So like, it's fun, and I think that's why heists are cool. Because like, even in a heist where somebody's like against their like back against the wall, like they they owe money to someone. It's just like, there are other ways to do that. Like that's why I think heist movies work. It's here. It's just like, yeah, like this is a good idea. But if it doesn't work, it's fine. So I I, I think what you're both saying combines to be why this movie is refreshing and fun, but also has tension when it needs it. The most successful moments in all of the movies, I think, are not. I mean, as much as as much as I enjoy the increasingly spectacular set pieces, uh, when I think back to the moments in the movies that I like genuinely enjoy the most, it's usually not a fight scene or a plane or you know a car crashing out of a plane. It's usually something that's smaller and intimate, just between the characters. You know, like the just the scene where where they find out that Mia's pregnant is a great scene. Uh, or actually, you know, my honestly. I, I had initially said that scene where they're driving around, but really the scene that I probably replay the most when I'm like searching YouTube clips is the scene where they open the safe. Yes. You know, the music starts playing and Tej says, come on, baby, don't be mean. And it's just such a great little like intimate moment. And, uh, you know, the, the, <laughs> the bomb brothers are just like fist pounding each other and everybody's just losing their minds. And it's just so great. It's so fun. It's such a like satisfying payoff. I actually... You know, everything that comes after that, where you just see what they're doing with their money. Like, I honestly didn't really care about any of that other than the Han and Giselle scene, which I thought was great of the two of them just driving, uh, you know, down the Autobahn or wherever they were. They could have ended that at the opening the safe scene and I would have been perfectly satisfied. I kind of like the soft recap of like what they're doing afterwards. It's like a nice like uh, come down for like opening the safe and the excitement. And then you just like ride that out. But yeah, yeah, you don't need it. You could just have, like open the safe and been like Donza Kaduro, we're on the fucking credits. Like we're good there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You mentioned before the uh, pregnancy scene. There's two things I noticed this time that I never noticed before that Ooh, tell me. You know, in the first scene we, we mentioned this in the either or is that Vince is always trying to cock block Brian and Mia a little bit, but he unintentionally, unknowingly does it here because Mia we've talked about this before, but it just it struck me here that like how similar it is to like the way what he was actively trying to do in the first movie but Mia's gonna tell Brian hey I got something to tell you I'm pregnant and mm-hmm. Vince comes in and just starts making noise in the first in, like in the garage before things go wrong it's just like 
he didn't know that he like you know broke up another moment between those two where he was trying to do the four <laughs> movies ago and here he's just accidentally yeah. but then after she actually tells him and Dom at the same time and they do that like group hug and whatever they're hugging and Brian slaps the back of Dom's head Paul Walker slaps the back of Vin Diesel's head and like like lovingly but like Vin glares, and I'm like, I wonder if he was expecting that, because it's a glare, like, not like a loving, like, you're going to be a dad, you're like, because there's sometimes in this movie where it's like a little bit of tough love, right? It's just like, you know, you got to be a good, you're going to be a good father, but you got to be a good father, whatever, right? Right. This is not that. This is like, did you you just slap my head? And then the scene ends, I'm just like... Interesting. Okay, I wonder. I wonder if that was planned or not. This is funny because this time when I was watching it, there's a scene where Tyrese comes back in after like planting the the remote control car in the yep. evidence locker. Okay, and he comes back and he's like, "I should have been the cop." And Brian does the same thing to Tyrese yeah. that I noticed this time. <laughs> and Tyrese Tyrese seems like he's okay with it, but he's like not happy about it. So I wonder if like Paul Walker just was in a bald head slapping mood. You know, like. <laughs> He's done it twice now yep. in this movie. I love and it. I noticed one and you noticed one. And I was like, that's kind of like a weird, like as he did it, I was like, does anybody really like smack like another bald man's head like that? Like I will be kind I'll be like, this is kind of threatening. Like, I don't like that. Please don't touch my head ever again like that's that. That's also like, you know, the, the best head. Well, I guess Han has better hair than Paul Walker. But Paul Walker's got, you know, pretty good hair and just like showing off like, hey, man, look what yeah. I got that you don't got. Yes, right. that's what I mean. You're like hard yeah. flexing on it. Like, what is yep. it? Because he only does it to the bald guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, the other thing that I've, I'm always struck by with Vin Diesel is that if he isn't actively smiling, you don't know if he's happy or not. <laughs> I feel like he's not always great at conveying emotion other than like brooding or angry, like, you know, in his positive moments, like he needs to actually tilt his mouth upwards. Otherwise you're just like, I don't know. He could still be pissed. I really can't tell. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And I think that's, that plays into that scene a little bit more. Like Paul Walker slaps him on the head, on the back of the head. And you're just like, I think he might actually be really mad about that. I think he's always just brooding though. Like, I think that that's, I mean, it's kind of a shtick, but yeah, that's, yeah. (laughs) Like, it's kind of like the, the Vin shtick that you like, you right. just have to be constantly brooding. I mean, he does, you, you credit him, but he does that well, right? Like, it's like, if he, he does, he does good, brood good well, yeah. yeah, but yeah, yep. it's like, just do the thing you do. It's just like, oh yeah, okay. Like the smolder or whatever, just like <laughs> the, the yeah, just, yes. you got things yes. going on inside you. We don't know if they're good things, if they're angry things, if they're scared things, if they're happy things, but just to the world, you're just, yeah, that's it. But that also ties into why Dwayne Johnson is, a more enjoyable character in the subsequent movies is because we have one of those guys already and we didn't need a second one. And Fast Five was just Dwayne Johnson kind of just being Vin Diesel light in a certain, to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, like the same kind of humorless, very, very serious tough guy who, uh, you know, is very sort of mission focused and cares about his teammates. And, you know, like there wasn't much more to it than that. And it's kind of like, all right, course and they're both you know super buff bald dudes i feel like we just created mirror images which i think is what they meant to do but we didn't really need to keep doing it and so once johnson kind of relaxed into his role a little bit more i feel like it worked better for the franchise if he had just kept up that persona it would have just been like okay so it's dom one and dom two yeah would the rock have been a better or worse character in this franchise if he started out as the hobbs that we get near the end and was goofy or do we need him to mirror and smolder Vin in this one for that to, for that full arc to happen? I think we need him to be overly serious 
so that he, they can kind of, you know, crack the egg open a little bit and see what's inside. And I mean, you know, there's, a, there's as far as these movies are concerned anywhere, there's a, there's a, there's a lot going on there. Like, you know, you meet his daughter in the next, in the subsequent movies and, you know, he, he definitely lightens up more and becomes a, becomes a lot more personable. And I think that there's a real evolution there. Um, that isn't just necessarily him becoming more comfortable in the character self, but also I think the writing just did him a favor by loosening him up a little bit and making him a little bit more relatable. I mean, I think if he was going to consent, continue to be an antagonist, it would have been fine if he had just continued to be that, like, you know, implacable uh-huh. guy who does nothing but chase bad guys. Um, but once they made the decision to like actually make him someone who is part of the team, albeit in a slightly different fashion, they had to do something else with him. They couldn't just keep him on that page. Yeah, and I, I do want you know I've been thinking about it as we've been having this conversation. I do want to like Vin Diesel is brooding as Dom, but he has right to be brooding because bullshit. in the first movie, like think about the journey he's had. Yeah. So in the first movie, he is underwater with the mortgage. He's got the the business is yeah, not yeah. doing well, whatever, and he's like he's just trying to get by. He's stealing because he has to, and then he literally flees the country because he's wanted for crimes. Mm-hmm. Right? Then he comes back. And is, again, trying to evade the law and trying to get vengeance for someone who he thinks killed his girlfriend, killed his, actually, his wife, right? Like, we know by this point that they were married. He's like, okay, so someone killed my wife. I shouldn't go back to the country, but I have to go back to the country. I'm going to go back. And then he gets arrested and it's just like, you're starting 25 to life or whatever, no possibility of parole. And then he gets busted out. So, like, he's, he's, I mean, he's a criminal, but he's, he's seen some shit. He's been dealt a pretty tough hand. So, like, brooding is like, you know, I know a lot of people, I know that we're not, but I know a lot of people like to give Vin Diesel shit for his acting, but like, it's kind of the right speed, the right setting for Dom. Cause it's like, yeah, like, I would be kind of like hesitant at best, too. Like, I'm not, you're not a happy guy when like all of this happened to you in the last, like, couple of years right like, yeah, yeah. well and there's also something road. to be said you know first of all i i think that the death of letty is actually downplayed more than it should be in fast five like you know there's the scene where vince says what about letty vince what about or what about letty you know what about letty don what about letty but other than that she doesn't play a huge part in this um which i feel like for someone like him her death would be uh a little bit more of a of a thing that comes up but the other thing is i think I don't know. And maybe it's just sort of my own personal headcanon, but I think that there's a certain amount of recklessness to Dom in this one um, where he just doesn't give a shit how bad things get. He's going to keep going after Reyes and his money and all of that stuff, regardless of how, you know, it's funny. I was watching this, you know, I watched this with my son and he made the very astute point for a nine-year-old, which is that they spent half a movie making a plan that fell apart and they never got to execute the plan. I mean, you know, the majority of Fast Five is planning for something that they never actually do. But I also think that that, like, doggedness and that recklessness is part of Dom just not giving a shit about anything anymore because of the loss of Letty, and he just does not have to cope. And so he just needs something to focus on. And like I said, that might just be me imagining things in my head, but that's always how I kind of pictured it, is it's sort of like his his coping mechanism was was just relentlessly going after a goal because he doesn't care anymore. Yeah, and I think that there is the stuff with Elena where, like, they have that one scene which, like, yeah. I know you because you're the same as me. But again, you're I think you're right. Like, that's not really played up to the level it should be, too. And, like, I think it weighs on him, but 
I almost wonder, like, if this was a different genre, if this was not an action movie, I think we would probably get more of that. But they're like, people don't want to see that. Like, they want to, you know, they want a popcorn movie. But it's interesting that he doesn't, you know, all of the conversations about Letty, none of them happen with those that are closest to him. Right. Which is odd. And I mean, maybe that ties into him, like, sort of playing things close to the vest and the character of Dom. But I don't feel like that's true. No, I think it's just, like, because he's such an imposing person like just his character himself that like everybody else is like, look, we're just going to tiptoe around this. If he wants to tell us, he'll tell us. Right. If not, we're just like not bringing it up. Cause like, that's just bad <laughs> shit. Just to talk let about. it be. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to light that flame. So that's what I, that's what I always perceived it as is they're just like, let him grieve on his own terms. And like, if he needs us, we're here. But like, if not, we're not doing anything about it. I also feel like that's just, you know, emblematic of the entire franchise, like underplaying. They don't, they never know what to do with Mia. And I feel like that's definitely the type of thing that Mia should be. Now, there should be a Dom-Mia scene, maybe a Dom-Brian scene, but probably a Dom-Mia scene, like a brother-sister, man-woman kind of thing, where, like, even if they just say what you say, Joe, like, just, you know, I'm here if you need me, but I don't want to get in your way or whatever. Like, there's an opportunity for Mia to be the caring sister, the den mother, whatever, and they're like, yeah, I don't know, Mia, on the phone talking to Brian, navigate it? Yeah, that's enough. Like, no, what? What What are we doing? Well, yeah, I mean, in this one, Mia is essentially the woman in the chair. Like, she's the... Yes, correct. That's that's pretty much her sole role. I mean, one of the great things about F9 is it actually gave her a chance to, like, flex muscle a little bit. You know, the the passing of Paul Walker enabled them to be like, oh, no, he's the one that stays home with the kids. Which, first of all, I think is amazing. I love that, like, gender flipping that they turned that into. Uh, the circumstances that led to it obviously are awful and tragic, but I do like that they kept Mia in the scene, in the franchise, and... That's how they chose to address that. Is that like Paul's one that stays on with the kids now? Jordana Brewster is arguably one of the better actors in that franchise. Yeah, throughout it has been given very little to do. It was nice to see her doing more than just you know kind of quarterbacking. One thing I noticed to ch- not to change the subject drastically. I just don't want to talk about Mia too much because I'm going to get bummed out if we just think about the missed opportunities of Mia. But one <laughs> thing that made me laugh out loud in this time was there's a scene where Hobbs and Elena are talking. And Elena's like looking through her file book and she's like, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. He goes, yeah, here's what makes sense. And he takes the file. He just throws he it throws aside. And I don't know if I've ever noticed that before or just somehow forgot it. But that made me laugh out loud. Like, you know, uh, here's what I have to think about that. He just throws it away. Like the papers go everywhere. And she's just like, there's like a weird reaction. She's like, like somebody's got to clean it up, man. Like she's right. just like, come on. Like, what are we doing here, guy? Like, I get the metaphor. Thank you. But also, why did you do that? Well, and that sort of ties into everyone around Luke Hobbs just having to deal with being around Luke Hobbs. Yeah. Um, like the scene where he tells them to put the car back together and the one guy's like, that's going to take a while. And he's like, well, you better get started then. And it's just like, everyone's just sort of exasperated by how like sort of demanding he is. Well, I think also those guys, I think we've talked about this before, they should be embarrassed because like they spent like, hey boss, like, you know, we took the whole thing apart, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, he looks there for 15 seconds he's like yeah it's the radio they're like right yeah i guess you're right like they're just not good right so yeah like that that scene is stupid because like those guys should have figured that out also while we're on the topic of hobbs the last new thing that i noticed and i want to hear more from you is that he says he's he's asking people where to look for all the different things all this different stuff wherever look here look here look here check everything short of the space shuttle and i'm like hobbs you gotta look at the space shuttle if you're looking for roman and tesh you gotta look up this (laughs) Not before too long, they're going to be up there. That felt like, in retrospect, watching it again, that felt like a sort of delightful little bit of foreshadowing. And then, of course, you know, uh, 
There's so many things about Hobbes that, in many ways, he is the silliest thing about this movie. In no small part due to the fact that nobody sweats as much as he does in this movie. He's so it wet is the whole Top time. Gun level <laughs> sweating. <laughs> like I don't know if you've seen Top Gun recently, but everybody is just oh yeah, and sweat through the whole movie. And that's what it always made me think of is just, just like God, why is he so damp all the time? Yeah, well, he does two things. One is he sweats too much, and two is. He's always really close to people when he's talking to them. Like, really close. The majority of his one-on-one dialogue is within six inches, it feels like. The thing that gets me about the wetness is him juxtaposed next to everyone else who does not look as wet. Like, if everyone was this wet, you'd be like, oh, like, it's really hot, they're in Brazil, but it's just him. You know, frequently, especially in movies, bald guys tend to be shown as sweating more. But when he is next to Vin Vin Diesel, Diesel is dry as a bone. Yeah. Uh, and Hobbs is ju- it's just pouring down like it's dripping out of his beard like his so beard is wicking it off of his face and uh, I just don't understand like either the ho- the rock is a naturally very sweaty man no not this bad or that was a conscious directorial decision in which case I have questions well I think just the thunderware is not absorbent so that's <laughs> that's the answer. Joe, before we go back to Kurt, anything else that you noticed this time around that you have not said yet? No, I stuck mine in. Then, Kurt, what else about this movie? Things you love, things you hate, anything that we have not covered that you want to talk about, other notes you took, other things that stood out to you, things that stood out to your son, other thoughts about Fast Five? Uh, I will say that my son had a blast, which I was very happy to report. Cool. Very Um, cool. You know, we talked about the length of it earlier, and you are correct. It is a a long movie that, I mean, we watched the quote-unquote director's cut. I actually don't even know what the difference is. It's like it's like a minute longer. It's, v- yeah, it's very, very there. short. But there was never a point where he was not fascinated. And then the, the final chase scene with the safe was, I mean, he was like, he was rolling on the ground in my TV room, like just enjoying himself way too much. And I also, that also, that sequence, the, uh, the that's dragging the safe long sequence is one of my favorite uh, chase scenes in the entire franchise. I also love that they were able to slip in a barbecue, despite the fact that they spend their entire time in a warehouse. Sure, um, yeah. yep. <laughs> An indoor barbecue, which was interesting. I was always a little bummed out by the fact that they just kind of demolished Hobbs' team, because I really liked those guys, and I would have it would have been fun to see them continue into further installments. That's the only time in the movie where I felt like the violence was a little bit excessive, was that like just gunning everyone down scene. And that's not usually something that bothers me in movies, but these movies have always made a point of being action-oriented, but not necessarily violent in the sense that, like, you see huge swaths of people die. This is definitely one of the ones where a lot of people die, like, all the time. And then I think my final observation, uh, my day job is as a property manager. So I spend a lot of time dealing with insurance. And (laughs) the final scene, I mean, all of these movies, I'm always just like, that is an immense amount of property damage. Oh, yeah. sure, yes, yeah. absolutely. Fucking spectacular amount of property damage. That final scene, they destroy half of Rio, and like nobody bats an eye about it. Uh, and yes, they go on and they save the world, but like at some point, somebody has to be like, "You guys have literally cost billions of dollars in damage and have never taken any responsibility for it." And I understand it's a movie, but I always think about. Stuff. I mean, even my kid was just like, "They just basically blew up a city with a safe." I don't even. Yeah. <laughs> 
well, you know, we just we just talked about our last two episodes with the Crank movies, Crank and Crank High Voltage, and they they make a mm-hmm. point in the second movie to have uh, Glenn Howard's character Dennis from Sunny. He goes back because he's a nurse, he's a doctor or a nurse in the first movie, and Statham like abuses him to like get uh you know to electroshock his heart, right? And so yeah. in the second movie, he's in therapy. It's like yeah, that's what we don't see. We talked about this in those episodes. Like we don't see the fallout from like our heroes like running amok in the city. Like we don't see the people who are on the bus that are like in the coffee shop where the safe gets pulled through the coffee shop in this movie and it's just like that person's life was like you know irrevocably changed because like they took a turn they took a corner (laughs) a little bit too hard or whatever right so well and not to mention that like are you really telling me that they did that entire sequence and no one got hurt I mean, like, there's got to be at least 50 dead cops in that, in that well, show. Well, they, they, they do have one throwaway line where they're like, all the cops that are there are on the Yes, are so all, like, of, all of the crooked cops or whatever. All the corrupt cops in Rio are after you. Yes. They make a Which point doesn't of mean saying they don't have specifically you know, families at home or whatever. Right, right, exactly. And, you know, like, we could talk about the entire sociopolitical aspect of, like, being a corrupt cop in a place like Rio is something you may not even have much of a choice about. Yeah. Well, we know from this movie that there's only one straight cop, not crooked cop, in all of Rio, and that's yes. Elena, right? And that's Elena, that she exactly. is, Which The Rock somehow force. just knew. He's the best detective in the room. He is. Kurt, are you ready to find out which Fast and Furious character you are? Absolutely. All right, so this is a seven-question quiz, kind of like a J14 BuzzFeed-style quiz. Again, no wrong answers. You can you can explain yourself or not, but there are six multiple-choice answers per question, and then at the end, you'll find out who you are and a description sort of astro- ast- astrological. Question number one, how fast mm-hmm. are you? NASCAR, roller coaster, Lamborghini Murcielago, Toyota Prius, Vespa, or Razor Scooter? <laughs> um, I don't actually enjoy roller coasters, but I am going to say roller coaster just in terms of speed. Perfect. Cool, cool, cool. Now, question number two, you know what's coming. How furious are you? The Hulk, Kylo Ren, Christian Bale in that one movie set that one time, Mel Gibson, Charlie Brown, or Jack McBrayer? Uh, I'm actually going to go with uh, the Hulk only because I have been compared to him a number of times. Not because I am a, well, first of all, I'm a somewhat large person uh, who is also uh, quite prone to A, losing my temper and B, breaking things. Not because I lose my temper, but because I'm incredibly clumsy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So it's not like I get mad and smash things. I get mad and then smash things. And those are two separate uh, paths. So uh, so the Hulk jokes have been thrown my way quite frequently, so that's what I'm going to go with. Kurt Smash. All right, question <laughs> number three. We're having a barbecue. How are you helping? Are you manning the grill, saying grace, kicking back with a beer, babysitting, being the entertainment, or sneaking a snack? I am absolutely uh, either manning the grill or babysitting, but I will say most likely manning the grill. Nice. Question number four. You've got time to kill. What are you doing? Are you grabbing a bite, working on your car? Hanging with friends, drinking a beer, working out, or just doing some work on your computer? Probably drinking a beer. Describe your wedding. I'm never getting married. It's just me and my partner. It's us and our families. It's a backyard country affair. Everyone I know is there. I don't remember. Uh, It's us and our families. You just won the lottery. What are you buying? Your own garage, a private plane... I'm gambling it all away. My child at home, a fleet of cars, or a new life? 
my childhood home. Cool. I think that just sealed the deal. We got one more question, though. What's your drink of choice? Belgian ale, Corona, something fruity, water, whatever's cheapest, or just, you know, Joe's getting a drink at the bar. Just give me one of whatever you're having. Uh, Corona. Yeah, that definitely sealed the deal. Yeah, sealed you the deal. undeniably so. Maybe the <laughs> highest point total we've ever had in this game. You are Dom Toretto. Your stoic <laughs> attitude is intimidating. Your cool demeanor under pressure is inspiring, and your expertise under the hood is envied. But all these pale in comparison to your loyalty to your family. You may claim to live your life a quarter mile at a time, but there's nothing you won't do for the people in your life. And at the end of the day, nothing makes you happier than throwing something on the grill and sharing a few Coronas with your familia. And you drive like the wind blows. That is scarily accurate. We we aim to please and to be as accurate as possible. No, you nailed it. I'll give you that one. <laughs> there you go. Now, we got one more game to play. It's called This Ain't No 10-Second Race, a.k.a. Boy, Do We Have a Podcast for You. So this is where you go on Twitter.com, a.k.a. The Bird app. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Come and check out our show. Yeah, yeah. And find any tweet from anybody you don't know. So, Joe, what you don't know is before you joined, Kurt sent me his tweet, and it was from Roxana. And I'm like, we well, can't do Roxana. She's already been on the show. So she doesn't count. Yeah, so yeah. Anybody who you don't know that we don't know, theoretically, that just somebody on on Twitter tweeting about these movies, tweeting about The Rock, tweeting about Vin Diesel, anything that we will respond to from at Too Fast Too Forever and just tell them, boy, do we have a podcast for you. So while you find a tweet, because I didn't even find one, I forgot. But while you do that, I'm going to read, I'm going to look at last episode's tweets. I found Ryan Cleary at Ryan underscore Cleary, and it's a picture of Ben Affleck whispering in J-Lo's ear at the Celtics-Lakers game. Tokyo Drift actually takes place after Fast and Furious 6 chronologically, and I said, quote, Hector is going to be running three Honda Civics with spoon engines, blah, 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 that whole quote. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Swing and a miss. Joe, you found Alex Phillips White at Multimodal Alex. I swear to God, the end of the Fast and Furious franchise is going to be the crew against certain death. Then Roman proves they're in a movie, and everyone ascends the Neo Matrix plane, escapes, and demolishes their enemy with new fourth wall-breaking superpowers. And there's a whole thread of that kind of stuff. And we said, this thread's incredible. You seem like our kind of person. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Nothing. Of course not. Why would it be? Yeah, nothing. So then Dan Cologne, our last guest, our co-host of the Monsters That Made Us right here on the Cage Club Podcast Network, found, which, by the way, Cage Club Podcast Network, about Nicolas Cage. Reaction Rocket was just like, I thought it was about Cage Sports. We're like, no, man, Nicolas Cage. There's a whole podcast about him. Go listen to it, because he was very excited that we talked about Nicolas Cage in the last episode. But Dan found Madison Russell at Pro Drawer, and this emojis, at Maddie Russ Art. Maddie says, yesterday for my birthday, we had an impromptu Fast and Furious marathon. I'd still only seen the first in Tokyo Drift, and it was as delightfully silly as I hoped it would be. My new favorite thing is to grunt, it's about family, at the height of the most ridiculous action. We said, now that you've reached the finish line, boy, do we have a podcast for you. And Maddie liked it and responded by saying, I haven't reached the finish line yet, though. I still have to watch five through nine, me watching the FNF movies, and then it's a gif of a turtle moving very 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 slowly here i come and then we said also you and it's the dot the gif of dom i got nothing but time so dan gets six points 
big scoring Insane. for Dan. But then Dan also did Taco Trey Kirby at Trey Kirby. This was like for charity. We called it whatever. The second, the, the bonus one. He said, excited to watch my favorite Christmas movie tonight. Jason Statham rescuing a baby to the sound of the chipmunk song. Please, Christmas, don't be late in Fate of the Furious. And we said we never thought about Fate of the Furious being a Christmas movie. But man, oh man, were we wrong. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. And Taco Trey Kirby liked it. So I, you know... Normally I say pick one or the other, but I'm going to give Dan a bonus point there. So Dan is up to seven. That's a startlingly good result for yeah. an inaugural shit. jump into the game. Because, Kurt, here's the thing. This game, wildly difficult for no reason. We're tweeting at people <laughs> who are tweeting about the movies. We're like, hey, we got something cool to check out. And overwhelmingly, people are just like, I'm not even going to hit the like button. I'm just going to ignore you. So <laughs> no pressure whatsoever. But did you find a tweet that you want to play? did. It's actually, uh, interestingly, a thread that started with uh, Roxanne Haddadi once again, <clears throat> but the tweet itself is uh, from another Pajiva writer named Stephen Wilson, who is uh, one of my very good friends. Only recently uh, discovered the Fast and Furious franchise cool. uh, for reasons okay. that I never fully understood, and that usually he doesn't see anything until like five years after it comes out. So he sort of haphazardly stumbled across the Fast and Furious franchise and watched many of them sort of out of order on HBO uh, a couple of years ago. Nice. Is fascinated by the franchise, but doesn't actually know what the hell is going on. Cool. So now can you please read the tweet? I mean, you, you sort of summed it up because you, you described what it's about, but just read the tweet that Steven sent in response to to you, right? Yeah, to you and to Roxana. Yes. Um, so to give it just a little bit of context, um, we all have in our, uh, the, the Pajiba writers have a Slack channel that we are constantly uh-huh. uh, involved in. Uh, and one of the things that is consistently coming up is movies that we love that the other writers haven't seen. Roxana was, was making a list of movies that we all need to watch together. Uh, Shawshank was one of them. Almost Famous is one of them because that's the one that Steven refuses to watch that Dustin loves desperately. Uh, and Steven wrote, um... Counterpoint, instead of all that, we could just watch the entire Fast and Furious franchise in approximately the same runtime. Um, and then he followed that up to say, I watched all of them out of sequence in the first place, and some of them I started in the middle and then watched the first half when HBO wrapped back around the next day. Everyone should watch them in my order, which is uh, kind of insane. But at the same time, I introduced Does my son to this work? franchise literally right in the middle of them. So, yeah, you know, my kid actually said today, uh, one of the things he liked about it is that it didn't require a whole lot of explaining. Yeah. And I feel like, well, this one in particular, I think they do a good job of like kind of quickly catching you up on everything that came up before it. We talk about this a lot. We're like always like, what is a good entry point? And it's like every point. I mean, they're not entirely self-contained. Like, the, you know, there's definitely history that you're not going to get or not necessarily understand, but it's not going to be hard to figure out the roots behind everything either. So I'm going to say there's no wrong way to watch these. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Perfect. Steven will hopefully get it and like it and give you some points. <laughs> All right, Joe, hit us with your, you got two tweets here. So I got do two. One. I don't normally now, do you don't two. Get a, you don't get a bonus because you and I don't get bonuses. We're gonna, I'm going to do both, but you have to I pick know. one that you want to do. This is the tweet that I want to use. It's Annie at Ann under Suela, S-U-I-L-A. I like um, underscore Vin Diesel and John Cena's voices on Fast and the Furious greater than greater than greater than greater than greater than and be like, well, you can listen to our voices talk about Vin (laughs) Diesel and John Cena's voices. Boy, do we have a podcast for you. Perfect. I like that. The second tweet. This is actually kind of for you. 
This is Gothy Kendall Roy at Great name Allegra, already. I'm already on board. Allegra Miriam. Her tweet is, Many of the problems of Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift could be solved if they took advantage of Tokyo's robust public transit system instead of resorting to cars. <laughs> yeah. And we're like, this is something I have never thought about. But check this out. Her Twitter bio is media studier, crossword enjoyer, Paddington Bear is my life coach. Okay. So this is something we never thought about. So I, okay. So, th- okay. Get what I'm saying? Come on. I this do. is like. This is something we've never thought about, but we sure have spent a lot of time. Well, I'm going to say, but Soul Popped has spent a lot of time thinking about Paddington and the crossword. Boy, do we kind of sort of have a podcast. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, this is like, that That was part of the, I like the tweet. I saw the bio and was like, this is too good to not also, like, I don't need points for it, but it's just too I know, much. like, we're finding people that we should be friends with. Remember that person was just like, I like Carly Rae Jepsen and Jeff Rosenstock. It's like, yeah, cool. And then they're like, nope. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> You're like, come on, man. of it all, right? Exactly. Yeah. I found Tyler at Bad Jokes by Ty who quote tweeted, Treebeard said, 10 movies to know about me and then list 10 movies. And again, this is the meme going around. And Tyler said, The Fast, The Furious, Too Fast. Tokyo Drift, Fast yeah. and Furious, Fast Five, Fast Furious 6, Furious 7, The Fate of the Furious, Muppets Most Wanted, Fast 9. <laughs> <laughs> I love that he put it in, not at the end and not at the beginning, just yep. inserted it in there. Uh, don't you mean Fast and Furious presents, presents the Muppets, Muppets Most, Wanted. Most Wanted? Yes. Void of a podcast for you. Again, you know, one of us says it every time. We found some great tweets today. That does not mean shit because it's not going to work, but... Found some great tweets. Found some people that probably would like listening to us. Yeah, man. That's okay. Aye, aye, aye. Again, though, Kurt, like, if you listen to the next episode, you know, in two weeks when we talk about Fast and Furious 6 and you hear us reflect back on this game, just brace yourself. You're not going to score any points. If you do, (laughs) minor miracle. (laughs) It's so hard for absolutely no reason. Very true. Very, very but not true. so hard was joining us in this podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank and you for so much your for having to talk about Fast Five. I truly appreciate it. This is a great time. Thanks, guys. What would you like to plug? Where can people find you online? Where? What do you want people to know about you? Well, I will always and forever plug uh, the only website that I have ever written for, which is pajiba.com, P-A-J-I-B-A, uh, where we do uh, film and television reviews, cultural commentary, all sorts of other things. Uh, if you want to find me online, my Twitter handle is at TK hates you, uh, which sort of ties into that whole furious thing from earlier. I was going to say it's very dumb of you. That's a- <laughs> Yep. That's pretty much it. My online presence is not nearly as uh, prolific as it once was. Uh, I uh, sort of scaled back uh, when I had a kid several years ago. So uh, that's where I am. Um, but uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I got. Go see the movie Respect. It's really good. My sister directed it. Yeah. And she also, I was looking at her IMDb while we were talking, and she's directed a handful of TV episodes about really, really good shows. So she's got a nice little resume going. No, she's like weirdly, weirdly famous, uh, which is which is very strange for my family. It all works. It all works. Now you're on the podcast, and we're the premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. So you're- <laughs> <laughs> Next week, Joe, we are going back to the well, the original Shaw Brothers well. We're doing a movie that I've been meaning to watch forever that I have not seen yet. I think, hold on. Let me make sure, before I start running my mouth about things that I haven't seen, I don't think I've seen this one. I have not seen this one. We are doing another classic Shaw Brothers movie starting starring Gordon Liu, once again, a.k.a. Pai Mei. Okay. We are doing the Eight Diagram Pole Fighter. It is one of the, the big Shaw Brothers movies. Have you seen this one or have you not seen no. this one? 
the eight diagram pole fighter. That's what it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds fun. The Yangs are betrayed by a government official conspiring with the Mongols. I mean, it doesn't really matter because it's just going to be kung fu and martial arts, right? So it's yeah, going to exactly. be cool. Exactly. Buddhist temples involved. <laughs> There's guys swinging sticks around. I see a it's stick. A yeah, time. I see a stick. We're good. Yeah, man. Perfect. So I don't know that this is streaming for free anywhere, but you can rent it just about anywhere for a couple bucks. So the eight diagram pole fighter coming at you in one week. But for all things too fast too forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash too fast too forever, or at too fast too forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page for our bonus episodes, minute documents, swag, merchandise, our undying love and affection at twofasttwoforever.com and our store at twofasttwoforever.shop and come back next week for the Shaw Brothers, the 8-diagram pole fighter. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And that was Kurt Tommy of Pajiba.com and we'll tell you all about it. We'll see you.